everyone. Welcome to the Reader's Quadrant, an Empyrean podcast. I'm Samantha. And I'm Kelsey. And just a heads up, we are not spoiler free and we are not kid friendly. We will be swearing or cussing however you want to say it in your region. In this first episode of the podcast, Samantha and I are going to be discussing some of our favorite theories before Iron Flame releases. But before we get into that, we're going to discuss a little bit how we got into reading and how we got into fourth wing in particular. Uh, Samantha, do you want to start us off? Sure, that's fine. Uh, So I uh, found fourth wing through a book club, actually, for a different podcast. Shout out to A Court of Tattoos and Rosé. And so I read Fourth Wing for that book club and got obsessed, and that led me to want to do a podcast on it. As for reading in general, I have been reading basically my entire life. Um, I learned to read when I was four. My mother is a librarian, so it was required. And uh, my favorite genre has almost always been fantasy, starting uh, with Harry Potter, of course, and um, the Xanth series by Piers Anthony or the Old Kingdom series by Garth Nix. So just kind of all kinds of things like that. How about you, Kelsey? Um, so I got into Fourth Wing. I think actually my older sister told me to read it this summer, but I ignored her. And then <laughs> I didn't start reading it until the recommendation came up in another podcast discord uh, swish and flick podcast shout out to them and so i read it after someone recommended it to me there and i was obsessed immediately could not get enough could not believe the twists and turns absolutely loved the dragons mm-hmm. and now i'm hooked uh as far as reading in general goes like i honestly don't remember a time when i didn't love reading from the moment that i learned how to read i was just so into books so into everything first series that really got me into reading obviously same as samantha harry potter like the first one ever and then from that i fell into the likes of all those popular ya novels like the hunger games and oh what was that one with um tris and four do you remember that one they got like into different like amnity Mm. oh what's it called divergent oh divergent yes yeah terrible third book but you know (laughs) (laughs) what are you gonna do these days i mostly read fantasy but i'll honestly read a little bit of anything and everything no recently uh i've been reading you know i decided this year was gonna be the year that i read all this like the children's series that i missed out on when i was an actual child Mm. So I'm just finishing up the Heroes of Olympus series, um, like the second Percy Jackson okay. series, because it sounded like fun, and it has been a lot of fun, and I've been really enjoying those. And what about you? Nice. I actually have never read any of the Percy Jackson <laughs> books. They um, are so enjoyable. I've heard that. I just I just haven't gotten around to them yet. I am currently reading... Um, a book by Emily Nagoski. It is called Come As You Are. It is basically about um, a woman's sex life and sexuality and just sex in general. 
So it's just kind of learning about yourself and your body and how it works when it comes to that aspect. So it's been uh, very enlightening. I found out about that book from a feminist podcast uh, called Stuff Mom Never Told You. Uh, highly recommend them if you've never listened to them. They're very regular. They're very awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's what I am currently reading right now, and as well as in the middle of the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Mass. Um, I am mm. about to start Crown of Midnight. So, so good. Honestly, probably my favorite series of hers, is Throne of Glass. Really. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, Crescent City and Akatar, I guess, aren't finished yet, so I can't really make that a definitive statement. True. But as it stands right now, that's my favorite SJM series. Okay. Well, good to know. As for this series, uh, let's get into a little bit about what we think is going to happen. Uh, the next book is going to be Iron Flame. What yes, do we think is going to happen? November 7th. Yes. I'm so excited. Very excited. So I have been inundated with TikToks on my For You page about theories for Iron Flame. So the first one that I think is super interesting is that Andarna is some kind of royalty or like very high up in the hierarchy of dragons. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Just because of the things that they um, say where they're like, oh, we can't stop her from coming. Like, she does what she wants to, blah, blah, blah. And so that just seemed really strange to mm. me. Like, Andarna is so small, really has no power on her own, right? Mm -hmm. So why would they not stop such a young dragon from participating in this? And when they said they have no agency over her and she knows herself, it just struck me as something, oh, like, maybe... Because her parents are gone, as far yes. as we know. Yes. So I was just like, well, maybe she's actually, like, higher up than them in some sort of dragon hierarchy. I don't know. I really want to learn more about that, how that works um, going forward. Because I feel like we did, we got a good, like, taster. Mm -hmm. But not, like, a deep dive into how the dragons make any decisions or what goes on in their special place of, like, the veil or... What was the name of that place that they flew to where they were making the decision about whether or not Violet could have two dragons? Oh. Shoot. I can't think of it right now either. Anyways, there was that special place where Taryn said, oh, humans aren't allowed. This is a decision to be made amongst dragons. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully we'll see more of that and get that more in depth. I'm also so curious to see how big she's gotten and yeah. if she retains and if she retains any of that power because they said that her time stopping ability would go away when she leveled up yes so i've heard that maybe she'll develop another sigil to go along with adarna's new power yes that was that was that was another of the theories that i had listed here was double signet question mark like yeah. is she gonna develop i like i don't know i think that the time thing played such a big role in the first book i think it has to be something related to that going forward like i feel like that would be really strange to just completely abandon that you know yeah maybe it would be like a total stoppage of time instead of just like going back like when she did when violet was attacked in her room 
Like, I think she just stopped oh, time there. She yeah. didn't, like, go backwards. So I feel like just stopping would be easier than going backwards, just, like, physics-wise. But I could be wrong. I'm not a physicist. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Oh, what was your first theory? Um, so the first one that I wrote down was, I'm hoping that we will find out about the truth of what actually happened to Brennan. Oh my god, Because yes. as the big reveal, I'm hopefully you've read the entire book by now. As we said at the beginning, we are not spoiler free. Brennan is still alive. Somehow. So- the, way, the way I almost threw my book. When I got to that part. Because <laughs> some people online are just like, oh, it was so obvious. Like, I could see it coming from a mile away. No. I I am not about that life. I am not no. that person. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Yep. And honestly, I think it was probably more enjoyable that way. I think so, too. And, like, I was just was just kind of like, what? When I read that part. So, I mean, we got to find out what happened um, with that and his dragon that he had at the time. And um, that person who died healing him, supposedly. Okay, yes. Quote, unquote, died. Yes. But here, here's another theory that I've seen online is that that guy, why can I not remember his name? I think it's like Niall or something. Um, is one of the Venom. Like oh. He used so much of his power trying to resurrect Brennan. Yeah. And he was drawing he was drawing power not from his dragon and so that it kind of turned him. Yeah, I think I I think it would be an interesting angle. That would. That definitely would. But hopefully we'll find out. I mean, I'm assuming the book picks up where it left off. Brennan should hopefully do a tell all of what happened. Uh, now Lynn. Now Lynn. Was now the Lynn. Guy's name. Got it. Thank you for looking that up. <laughs> what was your next one? Or unless you want to keep talking about this one. <laughs> My next one is a bit out there. Okay. I think Violet's sister, Nira, is going to be the one to turn against her and not her mother. Oh, yes. I've heard that. I just think it's too on the nose to have, like, someone named Lilith, right? That's her name. Is it Lilith? Lilith Sorn I think Young, it is Lilith. Sure. Yeah. To have someone Lilith named Lilith. Lillian. Like, Lilith Soringale, because that that's, like, the name of evil people, <laughs> really. Let me see. I looked it up earlier. Uh, belonging of the Night. Lilith was seen as Adam's okay. first wife and was that was banished and turned into a night demon. Like, that oh. just seems too on the nose for me to have her be, like, the evil one all the way through. Like, I think that that dagger in her office was a red herring. Like, I think, I honestly think that was Mira's. I think Mira is going to be the one because she's so invested in following the rules that she is not going to switch mm-hmm. sides and fight for the revolution. Well, I wonder if she has the dagger because maybe her husband found something out and it told her, so she made sure to get a dagger to help protect herself. The, yeah, that's true, too. And it's like, Mira had that book. 
that forbidden book that she gave back to Violet. She had to know. Like, she had to know. There is something weird going on there. I just Mm -hmm. don't trust her. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I noted, we'll get into this more in our first chapter episode, is Lilith is always, well, not always, but at least from what we see of her, she's actually very supportive of Violet. She's like always saying like, no, I know she can do this. Yes, she's been, she goes through more pain every day than you go through ever. So like, mm-hmm. I think that speaks something about her in her character as well. Yes, because there are also all those theories that Lilith was the one that started the storm when Violet was on the parapet. Yeah, I've seen that too. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. It's interesting. I don't know if I buy that because she could see the storm coming like a long time before that. I feel like with her sigil being the way it is, if it was more of an abrupt storm then I could maybe see that. But since it was kind of a gradual storm, I just, I don't know if I buy that. Well, and what does she gain from killing her daughter before she even makes it into the rider squadron? Like, that's just the thing that I don't understand. Yeah. Sympathy. Because honestly, <laughs> yeah, well, does she really want sympathy? I don't think no. she's the type of person. She doesn't, to, no. <laughs> like, when her husband died, she was probably like, okay, <laughs> wipe my hands like let's move on (laughs) yeah there's also that though like what yeah what happened to her dad that was my next point actually so that's a great segue was the truth about their dad's her dad's death and maybe his name because we have never in the entire how many was like 600 some pages of fourth wing we have never seen his name once yes it's always my father your father Yes. So bizarre. Honestly, when Lilith is talking to Violet and she says, your father, your father, your father, like that almost me takes like the possession of Violet away from Lilith and puts it onto her father. Like she doesn't want to recognize her as her own child, which is so interesting. Yes. And there is some, I, again, we'll get into this more in our first chapter episode, but the, the few times that we see Lilith show emotion is when she's talking about her husband. Yes. And what did he know? Like, what did he know? He knew something. He knew, if not something, everything. And that kind of, again, I keep saying we'll get into this more, but like why Lilith pushed Violet into the dragon rider's quadrant instead of the squirrel the scribes quadrant at the last minute violet was only trained for six months before she joined the dragon riders quadrant there is something funky about that scribes quadrant yes something is up also that leads me to like the very beginning of the book where you learn that this entire story has been transcribed by a scribe by violet's friend yes so it's like we're seeing a skewed version of the story already. Like yes. how much of it is being left out. Exactly. We already have an unreliable narrator to begin with. So strange. Okay. So my next one that I think is really interesting is that Liam's sister Sloan is deaf. And that's why he knows how to sign. Oh. 
And you'll notice if you've read the little blurb from Iron mm-hmm. Flame that Rebecca Yaros released, that when the dragon shoots fire, Violet like pulls Sloane down mm-hmm. rather than just yells at her, right? Yes. So I'm not sure how that'll play into things, but it definitely is interesting. I mean, she still would be able to be a dragon rider if she wanted because they communicate internally, not externally. 100%. 100%. I don't think that'll stop her from doing anything. And Rebecca Yaros has been really good about um, including representation of disability. Yes. So it would be exciting to see. Yes, I read an interview where she confirms um, the specific name of Violet's disability. Yeah, it's like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, right? Yes. Yes. Does she say that she has that? Yes, she does. Yes, okay. And so she wanted a character that um, represented that. Yep. Always love to see representation. Yes. I'm all about that. It's very important. My next bullet point was... How does Violet return to the college? Yes. I, I'm i going to be so mad if... Okay, you know how sometimes in books, when they do, like, they go to the next, they kind of end on a cliffhanger and they go to the next book, they, like, do a time jump, and then you get all that story told through flashbacks? Yeah. I hate that. And yeah. I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad if that's what happens here. Yeah, because, I mean, we obviously know that she does return mm-hmm. due to that excerpt that Rebecca Yeros released. But how, given everything that happened at the end of Fourth Wing, it would seem that, given her association is still going with Zayden, that they would reject her and call her maybe a rebel or something for associating with him and the other rebels. Yeah, it just seems to me that since they didn't all die, mm-hmm. like they like the higher ups have to make some kind of excuse. Yeah, like they have to make some kind of excuse, and so they'll be watching her. And I think that's what it says on like the back of the um, Iron Flame that there's a new kind of vice commander or something in town, and that he'll be watching Violet's every step. I'm just really curious to see how it works now with. Zayden and Violet having their mated dragons and they can't be apart from each other. So, like, how the hell is that going to work? Yeah. I mean, if he's being hunted, all they got to do is really track Violet and Tarn and they'll find Zayden and Scale. Yeah. I. So many questions. Yeah. I have so many questions. I. Another thing that I have seen online a lot is that Dane is actually an intrinsic one of those people that can like read other people's minds and they're just using him because they weren't going to kill him because of his father's position and so they let him live but he can actually read everyone's minds without having to touch them and he's just using that as a kind of excuse because he doesn't have a patch or anything right that signifies what it is yeah, I, I mean that could also be interesting. I can I can kind of see that theory. I don't know if I totally a hundred percent buy that though, because yeah. when Violet was attacked by 
his oh, colleague. You're totally right. And he went to run at her head to grab her, basically, to read her memories about what happened. He wouldn't have needed to do that. Like, he was obviously in a panic at that point to have rushed at her like he did. You mean when he was the worst person on the planet? He's always the worst person on the planet. I cannot stand this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I get viscerally upset God. when he is on the page. And just knowing that he is probably going to play a prominent role in Iron Flame. Oh. oh, like my worst fear is that we don't get a lot of Zayden <laughs> this book. And it's just a bunch of Dane. And I don't care. Ugh. Although I think... I said I was gonna say I think it was confirmed via the um, audiobook narrator listing that we are getting dual POV for Iron Flame. Okay, yeah, that was gonna be my next like thought was maybe it'd oh, be okay. kind of like not quite like Game of Thrones like since it's first person, mm-hmm. but it kind of like jump between chapter to chapter between who we were seeing the point of view of. Maybe more like a Court of Silver Flames, like how it kind of jumps in there. Yeah. Yes, that'll be good. It's just I wasn't a huge fan of reading from Zayden's voice like in the very last chapter. So I hope that kind of gets like refined a little bit. He was kind of whiny, to be honest. Yes, exactly. I was like, this is, this is not the dark, broody man that no. I have been loving reading about. This man is too, too whiny. And he was too very whiny. Like, it was a little like... Yeah, a little sad. Just a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, so I, I understand that... him being concerned about, like, what Violet's thinking about him and such like that. But just the way his thoughts were portrayed, it made him sound like an adolescent boy. Like a little bitch boy. That's... Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. And so I hope we get less of that and more of, like... Oh, I yes. hope so. I am strong and confident in who I am. That's how he's always been portrayed. I mean, obviously it was through Violet's eyes, but still. Which, I mean, I guess that kind of maybe says something, because if you've heard the phrase, you know, looking at someone through rose-colored glasses, like maybe Violet-colored glasses, you know. I was just like, this is not the same man that I've no. been reading about. It was honestly like... And I guess a rose-colored glasses analogy could apply here, too. When you're reading um, A Court of Silver Flames and you're seeing Resand through Nesta's eyes and you're like, wow, this guy is kind of the worst. So maybe it's a similar vibe to that. Yeah, yeah, because we're looking at him from the point of view of someone who isn't in love with him. Cause when you- he just needs to love himself. I mean, like, even, like, I know he's supposedly putting up a front, but, like, before Feyre falls in love with him, he just is, Wait. comes off as a dick. Oh, oh, Resand? Yeah, Resand. Yeah, but he's playing a part, right? Like Supposedly, but even when he's not playing the part, when she's at his house. Like, in the beginning of Mist and Fury. But it's like, that's because he believes that she is still in love with Tamlin. And he doesn't want to, like, actually change that. Regardless, we're getting off topic. We are. Sorry, people. (laughs) (laughs) 
We were also um, um, Akatar and basically all things Sarah J. Mass fans. So uh, feel free to email us if you want to talk about anything with Sarah J. Mass. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. You know we're going to be starting Iron Flame with Violet, like, pissed, pretty much. Yes. Do you think she's going to be more mad at Brennan or at Zayden? Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel like maybe Brennan, because she states in the beginning, since I was rereading it again for this podcast, uh, Fourth Wing, that part of the reason her father died was heartbreak over Brennan's death. She specifically says his heart problem started after Brennan, quote unquote, died. There's something so weird going on here. Oh, definitely. Like, uh, I keep going back and forth on theories. I mean, the dad, I think we can all agree at this point, he did not die of natural causes. I think we can all agree on that. Whether it was Lilith, which I have seen and frankly there is evidence for. Or the scribes, because they're the ones who write history, a.k.a. they're the ones who make what history is, mm-hmm. you know, known to everybody. As we saw during the battle reports, they were edited for the, the cadets, so they only knew what they were told. The scribes have that power for all of history. It's so scary. Like That's, that's such a scary thought. And it's in real life, if you think about it. This is yes. This is why all these book bannings are s- such a terrible thing. It is. I just this also kind of leads into um, the theory that something to do with Violet's birth had to do with the venom. Like her mother got an illness, and we know that mm-hmm. Violet's hair, like the end of it, lacks mm-hmm. color. Just like when they're fighting the venom at the end of the book and they land on the ground and it like leeches all of the color out of the surrounding areas. Yeah. So did Lilith kind of get a wound similar to what Violet had at the end and that impacted the pregnancy? Is that does that have something to do with how her dad died? It's all very mysterious. I wonder if this is just kind of spitballing here. Um we don't know at what point in the pregnancy Lilith got the fever quote-unquote no yeah so if it was before she even knew she was pregnant she could have potentially been fighting venom and they could have maybe leached some of her life force because mm-hmm. i think they were able to do that correct i i think so i think i remember that from the end of the book full disclosure i have read this book through once i am currently working my read through for this podcast my memory is usually pretty good. Yeah, but don't blame us if these there are, are gaps. Way off base. Yeah. <laughs> I also only have a Kindle version, so can't we're gonna get that that hard copy. Well, we're getting there. Anyway, I feel like if she was attacked by the venom, maybe they could have leached some of her life force, and maybe that's what caused Violet's hair to go that way. Because she also says even if she cuts it, it still ends up doing that. I just think it's too much of a coincidence for them to have said that about her hair and then have that same descriptor used. Yes. We're talking about the venom at the end of the book. Like, 100%. There's something weird. Oh, in this vein of thinking, do you think there is going to be lasting effects from this wound that Violet had? Oh, definitely. I would think so. I would think so. Definitely. 
just because it's such a weird weapon and such a strange situation. I mean, we've seen that happen in other fantasy books. I don't see why it wouldn't happen here. Very true. You know, you just know that for like the first third of this book, she is going to be not talking to Zayden or like so mad at Zayden. And I'm already not looking forward to it. (laughs) Oh, man. So we're going to have like scale and tear and be their go between like junior high kids. Yes. And then Darna just being like, we didn't lie. (laughs) We we didn't lie about anything. (laughs) She's going to be like, Taryn, can you tell Scale to tell Zayden? (laughs) Oh, this also seems like a good time to apologize for our pronunciation of these names. Yes. We We are. um, I am American and Kelsey is Canadian. So we have our own unique pronunciations of things. AKA neither of us are um, speakers of the Celtic language, which is what I believe these names derive from. So we will do our best. <laughs> and we apologize hardly to anybody who speaks any ounce of the Celtic language. Yeah, it's going to be rough. If anyone does have the correct pronunciations, like feel free to send them to us. Yes, please. By all means. We will have our social and our contact information at the end of the podcast. Yeah, at this point, it's we're just going off of vibes and how how it looks, pretty much, these words. Yes, and apparently a TikTok video. A, a TikTok of a very lovely woman explaining how to say the names, but I don't think my mouth can make those sounds. No. If I'm just being honest. I could try. I mean, I think she did like a tern. <laughs> I believe is how it was. Ternyanak. Ternyanak. We also, at least I do not watch Outlander, so that does not help me either. Sasanak. Yes. That's Outlander. Yes. (laughs) I'm aware. I have not watched it, but I am aware. (laughs) That's a great show. Actually, it's good for the first bit, but like many shows, it goes downhill. Oh, sad day. It's, it's upsetting. Do you have any other bullet points? I think we've covered everything. That I have I... one more. If you Go for it. Okay. One thing I noticed from the blurb was a quote that said that Violet will discover the real secret hidden for centuries at Basgath War College. Ooh. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that they know about the venom? Does that mean that they're allowing the venom to run unchallenged or unchecked in areas that they do not have full control over? Does yeah. that, I mean, there's a lot I think that could be unpacked in that statement. And honestly, I think very few people, even the higher ups, probably have like the full picture. Violet's mom is probably one of the few people that knows like almost all there is to know because I would think like, most classified information even in the real world you give bits and pieces to those who need to know Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know that's just that is just so interesting big secret so mysterious yeah i honestly i have no guess as to what that even could possibly be especially for hidden for centuries like it has to be something with the venom i feel like one I, would think, but it's like, we also have to remember, this is a five-book series. Yes. So it's like, we're going to leave this book with more questions than answers. 
Definitely. So I would not be surprised if that didn't come until like the very end of the book. Yeah. I just had a thought too. I wonder if that map that they stole from Lilith's office is going to come into play later. Oh, I just got chills. Wow. Like, wow. That is such a good thought. I've never thought about that before. I just think she would. But do you think she would keep that kind of information kind of like out in the open? I know it was in her private office, but as proven that night, like anyone could kind of get in there. I mean, if she hid it well enough on there, I think it was supposedly just like a military outpost, wasn't it? Yes. But there could have been maybe some other symbols on it that she may have used that other people would not have recognized to maybe indicate where Venon are. True, true, true. I am also interested in what are these weapons that they can use on the Venom? What are they? It kind of reminds me of like the dragon glass in Game of Thrones. Oh my god, you're so right. Like you, like yeah, because okay, they get these shipments. Was okay, they get these shipments from the Griffin Riders, or do they give the weapons to the Riders? I can't remember. At that, I'm not super clear on, because the Griffin Riders are also in the Wyvern Riders. Like, that's all a whole other thing, too. Like, are the Wyverns also related to dragons? They're very similar creatures. They're similar, but... Because what was it? You kill the rider, you kill the... Wyvern, did you say? Or is it Wyvern? Wyvern? I say I've heard it both ways, honestly. If someone out there okay. knows the correct pronunciation, please let us know. In either case, you kill the rider, you kill the creature. And they could create multiple is the vibe that I got, isn't that right? Like because they killed a rider and like five of those creatures came like tumbling out of the sky. I wonder if it was kind of like akin to killing the leader, you take out the followers. Because the Maybe. one that they were fighting in that instance seemed to be kind of a leader type. Maybe. You know you know what? I will be absolutely heartbroken if this is the case. If this is kind of like a zombie situation and we get Ven and Liam. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad. Why would you put that in the universe? <laughs> I will be so sad. <laughs> Oh, Kelsey, why? (laughs) You just don't know. Like, if we're talking Game of Thrones here, you can become a walker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was was a witch that they fought, wasn't it? Yes, seemed like it. So, I guess if there's other witches... She was like an apprentice of sorts, right? And Violet was like really shocked that Another student was this powerful. Oh, now I'm getting like Jedi vibes. <laughs> Not the younglings. <laughs> More like Sith. Yeah, I-, I got you. Oh, oh, oh boy. We're in for a wild ride. That's we really sure. are. I mean, there's five books that have been confirmed. Yeah. That's a long time. Yes, so I've heard that Rebecca Yaros, we're currently in September of 2023, 
Um, and I've heard that she's writing a romance novel, like one of her contemporary romances right now. Okay. And that she probably won't re- start writing book three until like December or early 2024. So we probably won't be getting that until either late next year or early 2025. Well, I mean, again, a lot can happen if you think about it. Lord of the Rings was three books. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> We're going to have five. And I feel like Fourth Wing was honestly up there with Fellowship of the Ring levels. And they're chunky. Like, yes. chunky. And Iron Flame is longer than Fourth Yeah. Wing. It's over 700 pages, if I remember correctly. Oh, man. I'm so excited. It's going to be baller. Nobody talked to me. Nobody <laughs> talked to me on November 7th. <laughs> right? <laughs> Immediately downloading to my Kindle. Yes. Then we'll get the hard copy later. <laughs> yeah, I've already pre-ordered the hard copy too, so it'll be delivered. I just want to make sure that I have access. Yes. Like November 7th, like right away. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to be doing, as we've said, a chapter by chapter podcast. Uh, the first chapter, as those of you who hopefully have read this book will know, is super long. So we are going to try to keep our episodes to an hour-ish. However, when we have super long chapters like that, it may go longer. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, it may go longer. We may split the chapter. Undecided at this point. We are also very new to podcasting, so please bear with us as we navigate this very wide landscape of podcasting. You can expect to find a podcast from us every two weeks in your feed. Uh, Every now and then we might have like a special episode pop up if there's a particularly interesting piece of news or if we just have something to share with you. But this will be a bi-weekly podcast for the most part. Yes, and we will potentially be doing every now and then a character analysis episode just to kind of give ourselves and you all a break from the chapter by chapter analysis because every once in a while sometimes you just kind of want to take a break from something uh we will also be occasionally have guests on our podcast to add their own insights into the series and we can get their thoughts as well yes because as much as i'm sure you will come to love the both of us it is always helpful to have another perspective on things 100 percent. as much as i like to pretend i know everything i miss some stuff too we're only human we are we do our best but mistakes will be made and we apologize in advance um as far as social media goes we currently have a instagram account uh readers quadrant podcast all one word and we will be sharing all of our updates and stories on there yes we also you can contact us by email readersquadpod at gmail.com that email will also be in the description of the episode as well our instagram handle and we also have a discord available to all of our listeners we will also have an invite link to that in our description Um, So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we will catch you in two weeks 
Once again, I'm Samantha. And I'm Kelsey. And thank you so much and have a great rest of your day or night, whichever time you're listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his song, The Pyre, for our intro and outro music. 